Hello, fellow Canadians. Welcome back to Potty Train Me. And now, this is a very special episode because it is actually being done from the car. And usually, Greg is the one to lead off the inter- the episode and introduce me. But today, I have the honor of being able to introduce him. So, Greg, welcome to Potty Train Me from the car. Hey, thank you for having me. And... There's actually an announcement I want to make to start the show because I know usually you're the one to do announcements. We have some role reversal, and that announcement is Potty Train Me Unlimited (laughs) made a big signing recently in between the last episode and this current episode. And uh, any idea what that signing was? I think uh, some sources may have... uh let me on on a little inside info, but why don't you uh, reveal the information? All right, everyone. Well, Potty Train Me officially now has a number two. It is Robbie Silver, and uh, I know it was a long time coming, but we did make it official. We tied the knot, signed the contract out at Kraft Ramen in downtown Santa Barbara. So I just want to say officially on behalf of the whole Potty Train Me Unlimited family in Canada, welcome. Well, it truly is an honor, and I'm thrilled to have this position, Um, and I'm expecting plenty of congratulations coming in from our listeners in the coming days once this announcement comes out. Um, I know all the fans will be thrilled, but I'm excited to get back to work. Um, So, we're in the car. We went to... We had a pretty crazy day yesterday, right? We drove all the way from Santa Barbara, or I guess from your case, it was San Luis Obispo, to the Burbank Airport, and then to the LAX Airport to go to the Rolling Stones No Filter Tour. Yes, so we had a crazy rally weekend, and I just want to provide some context here. This is an entirely unscripted podcast. We had this idea when we were on a raging caffeine high. We knew this weekend was going to be a total rally. And I thought, this is going to be the best and worst idea ever to record a podcast that's pretty much unscripted. The only thing that we really did to prepare for it is that we decided we're going to have a constant ongoing thing, which is ugliest car we see on the road. Uh, No great candidates yet. A lot of Priuses are always a good option, but we'll keep you updated as we go along there. So, uh, yeah, big rally to start the weekend, and I began my weekend up in San Luis Obispo covering UCSB versus Cal Poly soccer on Saturday night. It was a 0-0 game, but I told you this, that it was probably top two craziest 0-0 games I've ever seen in my life with the other one being the 2014 World Cup group stage game between Brazil and Mexico when Ochoa made like 14 insane saves. And that was just kind of crazy to watch. But anyway, we come down, I pick you up in the morning and uh, you did mention that we went to two airports. So I'll have you uh, fill in from there. Well, before I say that, I would also just like to provide a little bit of context about the idea for this episode. So we go to school together in Santa Barbara, and 
We're from Davis initially, and that is not a very short drive. So a lot of times when we go home together, first, you know, four or five hours, we're doing fine. But that last hour, we kind of start to lose our minds and just say the most ridiculous shit. And I think one time in particular, it was getting towards the end, and we just had, like, back and forth, five ridiculous comments. And we had a fellow passenger in the car, my beloved roommate, George Simmons. George! Um, and he kind of called us out for it, for being in. Uh, I think what he referred to it was, was a very silly mood. So um, we just thought, wow, we got to uh, capture this silly energy somehow. Um, and why not do it with a podcast from the car? Um, but anyways, as far as the airport to airport journey, um, we had to pick up our mother at the Burbank airport. No, we got to pick up our mother. We, yeah, we had the privilege of doing so. Um, and I guess, you know, maybe it was a little bit of a, a cheat to say that it was an airport to airport because we were really going to a hotel by the LA airport, but I don't know. I still think it counts. And for those of you not super familiar with LA, it was about uh, three miles apart, so it naturally took an hour to get there. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, and just a quick update on our drive, we are uh, successfully merging from the 405 to the 101, so just got to track that progress, right? <laughs> yes. Oh, well, that's an ugly car. Ugly car alert. It's a cab <laughs> Prius that's black but has this, like, gold top. Ooh, yeah. That, I, I would say that's in the lead right now. But quick tangent. My uh, lacrosse and soccer teammate from high school, Jake Summers, put, like, <clears throat> I don't know what they are even called, but you know, like, Wingo from Cars, how he has the weird, like, wing thing? at the end of his car. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, of course. I'm sure there's a term for it. But anyways, he put that on his Prius. And I think it was his joke, but... So clearly he had a sense of humor, but it was pretty ugly. Well, this is the same guy whose family at the drive-thru graduation said Jake Summers, Harvard 2024 or whatever, which like... Go Crimson. (laughs) Yeah, which you think would be a joke, but knowing our high school with the crazy competitive culture and amount of geniuses there are I was just triggered and so was our older sister Natalie but then we asked you about it and you're like oh he's going to Chico State and then we thought it was funny and we liked this guy's sense of humor yeah so uh (laughs) clearly a guy with a good sense of humor Um, not that there's anything wrong with Chico State it's just that had he actually been going to Harvard he would have been the most obnoxious person in the world Uh, Slightly ahead of us. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. So, Greg, I actually have a question for you. Um, So we're from Northern California initially, and now we go to school in Southern California, which means that we kind of had to make a transition from being a Safeway family to a couple of Albertsons guys. And apparently there's another sort of uh, chain in Southern California that's kind of the same thing called the Vons. Um, so I want you to rank those three establishments. 
Oh man, putting me on the spot and yeah. literally on the spot because like I said, unscripted minus the ugly car segment. I'm speeding a little bit just so I can get a closer look at that disgusting Prius cab. Dude, hopefully we get pulled over. I think that would add some uh, drama to the podcast. Yeah, I think mom, I'm it'd not going to try to ticket. get pulled over, but it'd be funny. Maybe if we get off with a warning, that's a win. Yeah. <laughs> okay, anyway, so uh, ranking, hmm, Safeway, Albertsons, Vaughn's. All the same, but so different in their own right. Well, okay, here's my rankings. Boy, drum roll. I'm gonna say Safeway number one because I know for a fact they have banging ice cream flavors, especially in the Hagen Dazs category. Whereas the other two places, I think, have banging ice cream flavors, but Safeway we know is reliable. Yeah, I mean, Safeway you got the nostalgia too, it was the childhood shopping spot. Correct. Even though Vaughn's is fun and every store is like, <laughs> twice the size it needs to be, I'm actually going to put Albertson second because it's done me a lot of solid with my college shopping. I can't ignore the services it's provided. And then when I had mono at the end of sophomore year, um, our grandparents who were originally going to come meet me for the day were in the area and then went to Albertson's, got me a bunch of food. And so I will forever thank them for that. That was a really brutal day. And one of the sickest days I've ever had in my life. Uh, not sickest? Sick. Yeah. <laughs> that was funny. All right. Uh, <laughs> a quick side question. Um, do you think Albies or Bertsons is a better abbreviation for Albertsons? Neither. Alps. Ooh, uh, that's where we disagree. I'm uh, Albies or bust. Um, do you know that Safeway actually just has lower crime rates than both Albertsons and Vons? That is... You, where did you get that stat? <laughs> because it's Safeway. Oh! Okay, so before we uh, further turn off our listeners, we got to talk about the Rolling Stones and, like, why we were in L.A. yesterday. It's like we kind of just casually mentioned that, like, oh, yeah, you know, we went to the No Filter Tour. So, anyway, Safeway, Albertson, <laughs> Yeah, clearly a very well-organized uh, episode and also a very well-delivered joke back there by me. Yes. Um, new co-host <laughs> I'm doing great um, so yesterday on the way here actually we talked to your friend from uh, diabetic family camp Benjamin Robb and I thought that what he said about Mick Jagger was very funny which was that if he saw him walking along the street he would probably move to the other side and that's, uh, I love Benjamin with my whole heart. When you say he's my diabetic family camp friend, you're not factually wrong, but you're, <laughs> I, 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 yeah. but you're also making it sound like we haven't just maintained a friendship for the last 12 years. Uh, I actually disagree though. If I saw Mick on the side of the street, I'd probably be shitting myself <laughs> in a good way and probably gravitate toward him and just see all those dance moves. Uh, absolutely. Um, what was, how would you think of the show? I mean, the show was awesome. I thought that one of our family friends didn't love it, not because of anything to do with the Stones, but because the crowd could have been more into it, given that these guys are in their 70s. We just lost drummer Charlie Watts. Uh, it was the first show that us and many, many, many people had seen without him. They had a really cool opener for him right before they came on. 
had a bunch of videos of Charlie with a little drum beat going, and then it ended in a big crash. The screen went black. They announced the Stones. They came onto the stage and launched into Street Fighting Man, which was correctly predicted by our longtime family friend, Greg Haywood, AKA Big Greg. So, <laughs> and the best part of that was Natalie had asked him what the opener would be, and he said, Street Fighting Man, no hesitation, no change in facial expression. He was all business there. He was there to see Keith and others. <laughs> that was amazing. Um, sorry, we'll get back to the stone in a second, but I would just like to announce that we've had our first raindrops of the drive, which uh, is a little bit unexpected. But then again, you know California and its infamous bad weather in the winter. Classic fall season weather right here, so. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, but no, I agree. The The stones were great. Um, we had obviously, well, not obviously to our listeners, but we had seen them before, a couple of years before at Levi Stadium in the other half of the state, uh, which was the first time that each of them had seen them. And I think that was really special in its own way because it's just like anytime you see a band for the first time you're not exactly sure to what to expect um but this was also great to just get a little bit of a, a different set list uh, it was cool to see the new venue of sofi stadium i know that you had been there before a few times but i was kind of just tripping out at the beginning on how fucking huge the stadium was like i don't know if i've ever been in a bigger venue in my entire life yeah, SoFi is really cool. I think that was my fourth time ever being there. Once wow. was just a little staff training day. Another was a preseason game. And then the most recent time was the season opener the Rams had against the Bears. Great environment. Loved it. Um, yeah, it just it's a really unique design of a stadium, too. And it's really cool being back there for a different kind of venue. But to answer everybody's question about did the stones still sound good by the way the answer is yeah they sounded fucking awesome and it's cool because they wrote songs you know let it bleed the album came out in 1969 and we're in 2021 and you're getting near 50,000 people out to like sing songs that they've heard thousands of times yeah i know it's crazy um and when, to be honest, when you said to answer everybody's question and then pause for a little bit, I thought what you were going to bring up was, um, was the stadium food good? Um, and to answer everybody's question, no, it was not. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Hold on. Let me interject because that's not fair. The food in the press box was fucking awesome. The food in the press well, box, they treated us really, really nicely. And I stole extra water bottles all the time because I drink water like it's crack. Uh, the stadium food for the common folk at a concert venue, not so much. Um, maybe with this episode, we'll actually just post a picture of the hot dogs we got. It was... Um... <laughs> shriveled it looked like it may have been like lying out in the sun for a few hours um yeah um the thing is it looks really bad and it only tasted slightly better than it looked but i guess it was edible so i don't know it's kind of funny i i'm not very good at cooking but the other day i decided to make my own tortellini with marinara sauce 
and I thought I did a pretty good job. I mean, I boiled the noodles, um, poured some sauce in a pan, and mixed it together, um, and then I started eating it, and my roommates were like, oh, how is it, Robbie? And I'm like, ah, it's edible. <laughs> and they're like, all right, so that doesn't sound very good. So that's kind of the same way that I felt about the hot dog at the stadium. Yeah, it was edible. Nothing hey, more, though. No, edible is an important standard, though. Like, <laughs> it, it may is. be a floor standard, but it is a standard. It's just like how if you're somebody and you have, like, reasonable human boundaries, <laughs> that is a standard. That's a floor standard. Uh, and we have our first reasonable human boundaries reference of the episode. About time. Uh, okay, so going, continuing with the Stones... Give me some of your favorite songs of the night. Um, I really liked 19th Nervous Breakdown because I was not expecting that one. It was very uh, upbeat. Um, and if I'm not wrong, that is the song that they dedicated to Charlie, right? Well, they took the mic after the first two songs, which was Street Fighting Man and All Down the Line. And then... Mick talked about Charlie, said it was the first tour they'd done without him in 59 years, uh-huh. and they said they were dedicating the show to Charlie, and then went into 1930 oh, okay. So, more or less, yes, uh, but really every song was for Charlie, as it should have been. I don't think it really hit me that Charlie was gone. I know they did the whole intro and everything, but it was really the moment at the end, everybody took a bow, all the keyboardists, the bassist, the backup singer, um, everybody but then there was a separate bow with just Mick, Keith and Ron Wood Yeah. and then to realize oh those were the last three standing there's no Charlie take this in because this is history and you never know yeah no uh, I agree um, sorry I got sidetracked because as you were saying that I think I might have found another uh, contender for our ugliest car oh, contest where, where, where? it's up there it's kind of past us but that really uh, gross tan color minivan. I think maybe part of the reason I'm saying that is because I worked at a bakery this summer and we went to like farmers markets all around the area. So our company had a bunch of these old gross minivans that oh, we would drive around. That's ugly. That's so, ugly. Yeah, it's just triggering me. Um, also, really quick side note. I know I've gone on like five tangents already this episode. But that's episode. the point of this unscripted podcast. So, right. I, I can have... I say the license plate <laughs> just in case uh, someone can ever find this car? It's 8LZU932. <laughs> oh, wow. Exposing them. Um, anyways, so over the summer, one of my main jobs was I was the guy who went through all the vans um, like a day before the farmer's markets just to make sure that they had all the proper materials. So I had to make sure they had enough tables, tablecloths, aprons, that kind of stuff. Um, And my first time that I was ever doing it, there was this really gross car called Blue. And it's probably like fucking 30 years old. Smells horrible. Like doesn't have, maybe has like two functioning doors out of four. You're my boy, Blue! So I'm going through it, checking it, whatever, checking the gas, and then as I go out to move on to another car, I realize that it doesn't lock um, when I press the thing on the inside. So I'm just like, oh, okay, I guess it doesn't lock. Like, shoot. 
that's just the way it is. So I move on. And then the next day, the markets happen. And I'm talking to my friend Danny from work. And he's like, yeah, like I went into blue this morning. And there was a homeless guy sleeping in there using one of the tablecloths as a blanket. And I'm like, oh, what? That's so weird. He's like, yeah, I guess someone forgot to lock it. Like, you have to do it manually by pressing the thing in. But they must not have known that. I was like, oh, whoa, that's so weird. (laughs) And I'm like, oh, like, so please tell me you didn't use that tablecloth to put our food on during the market. And he's like, no, I did. The bread's packaged anyways. So um, sorry to anyone who bought bread from Upper Crust Bakery at the Napa Farmer's Market this summer. Um, And sorry if uh, this podcast ends up resulting in a lawsuit against our company for violating uh, safety standards, but I just felt like I needed to share that story. Well, coming clean is important, and I just want to say I'm very proud of you. Oh, thank you. I feel a lot better now that it's off my chest. Exactly. So, yeah, crazy weekend total rally. I don't think I've ever been as fatigued. Well, no, I have been, but it's been a while since I've been that fatigued as I was before hitting the hay last night. That was a long day and a long weekend. I had slept five hours the night before, which it really felt like two, uh, just doing everything to get everything sorted for the Cal Poly game, staying at my friend Cooper's place in San Luis Obispo, waking up early, getting my much needed caffeine, driving all the way back. Uh, Let's talk about football, actually, because it was a good day to really not pay close attention to football yesterday. A lot of games we thought were going to be good were pretty boring. Cardinals-Browns sucked. Uh, The Ravens blew out the Chargers, which was a very highly anticipated game. Uh, I just want to come out and say I have a crush on Justin Herbert. I don't think I've officially done that (laughs) on Potty Train Me yet, but I do, and I know that that's not original at all but I was earlier on Steph Curry than most people (laughs) so I'm just gonna hop on the bandwagon with this one Uh, I also do have a crush on Lamar it's like my two loves playing against each other yesterday it must have been hard for you must have been like the Mannings watching Eli and Peyton play against each other yes yes definitely and uh yeah so football I want to go back because not our last episode but the one before that was our NFL preview And you made an MVP prediction that was so spot on. I mean, might not be the front runner, but probably top three at this point. I mean, he's definitely in the conversation, yeah. Uh, So for those who don't remember, it was Hollywood Brown, who is the top-rated PFF receiver in all of the AFC, which I know is kind of a little bit of a skewed stat because I look at the PFF rankings all the time for some other work I'm doing and uh, let's just say the top four are all NFC receivers well I feel like that's irrelevant and I still think that you could maybe make a case for like Kyler or like maybe Josh Allen but I'd say Hollywood Brown is that that third guy yeah probably over Lamar Jackson his quarterback who played the most incredible game ever to come back against the Colts. <laughs> By the way, the Ravens were my uh, survivor's pick in week five, and I totally forgot about that until the game was over. But I want credit for it because I was telling my roommate Ian, episode 13's finest, 
that when the score was 22-3, I said I'll still take the Ravens to win. Wow. Well, good for you. You look happy and healthy. Oh! Alright. Random question just came into my head. What is your least favorite song on Olivia Rodrigo's album? Because I know I talked about, or you talked about your favorites on one of your previous episodes with you, Ishi. Um, but do you have any that just, like, maybe you're not so much of a fan of? Well, I wouldn't necessarily say it's my least favorite but I always did think driver's license was overrated like when I first would sing it a lot before the other ones came out it's not because I liked the song or anything it was just kind of like low point of pandemic it's what was there everyone was talking about it but I never thought it was like a great song it's not one I was in love with um hope you're okay was kind of like and just sort of like the end of the album I wasn't crazy about minus favorite crime which obviously is like a cathartic emotional banger <laughs> needless but, to say yeah but then it was really deja vu which I, I don't know if I would say it's officially my favorite but deja vu and good for you were the next two to come out and those are clearly a different level and then that's when I was like no this is amazing do you have Fair a least enough. favorite um yeah, I don't know. It's funny. A driver's license is the first one that came out, so it's what got me hooked on Olivia Rodrigo. But now that the rest of her album has come out and there's songs that are even better than it, I guess I don't like it as much. Um, but I would also say I think Trader might be a little overrated, and same with One Step Forward, Three Steps Back. Um, oh, that's actually a good call. A lot of my friends are into that one. I wouldn't say I hate it, but I was never crazy about it. Yeah. Not that I could say anything bad about Olivia Rodrigo, but if there are some song of hers that are less great than the other ones, it would be those. Yeah, definitely. Which is why it was funny. When I was moving down to college, I was driving with my mom. We were actually listening to potty train me of course our favorite hobby and the episode with you listen to an episode that you were on (laughs) no it was the episode with you where you were talking about olivia rodrigo and kind of giving this whole spiel about how great she is and my mom paused it she's like wait i'm confused i thought you guys didn't like olivia rodrigo and you were making fun of her and i don't know yeah, I, I thought that was a joke. Yeah. I thought she was trying to mess with us. Like a full-on reverse, reverse, reverse psychology yeah. right there. I was like, have you not been listening to us, like, for the past three months? I don't know if mom had ever been more annoyed in recent memory than when it was my grad week and we went downtown for dinner and we were on the way back and you were driving as our designated driver <laughs> and Natalie and I were in the back seat, just being so annoying, playing good for you and all the others and you know dad was being all negative and he was just like your apathy is like a wound insult what a terrible oh, lyric oh my god and mom was like guys Robbie's trying to drive please focus <laughs> and we were just not having any of it but hey we got there safely so really that's just a testament to your driving abilities <laughs> yeah I'm pretty great but <laughs> that's funny dad not liking Olivia Rodrigo reminds me of Another time when we were driving down to Santa Barbara and uh, Drew Barrymore by Bryce Vine came on. (laughs) And we knew he was going to hate it, but (laughs) you told him that 
you're, you're like, oh yeah, this guy's uh, related to Keith Richards. <laughs> He's his nephew. Just to see if that would increase his opinion of the song anymore. But to Dad's credit, he held his ground. Yeah. It did not increase his opinion. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so now we're back to the Stones. What a full circle! Wow, it all ties together. Amazing. I, by the way, I called "Tumbling Dice" last night as the fourth song. Not I, I, okay. I'm not gonna say like. Tumbling Dice is going to be the fourth song on the set list, but they had just finished 19th Nervous Breakdown, and I was like, feels like a Tumbling Dice kind of time, you know? Yeah, very good. The ultimate Beard Eye anthem, uh, Die is Life, has an app now to track your standings, and uh, you can even track your sinks. You can make a full profile with your height, weight, hand size, reach, really everything. It's quite sophisticated. Uh What's your bio? <clears throat> uh, my bio uh, my bio is my values are on table percentage and family, toss first or second, which I think is a good bio, but my friend Nathan Green also has a great bio when he made his profile at breakfast the other day. Oh boy. He said, oh, I'm gonna mess it up if I try to go word for word, but it was like using your header Using your head on a FIFA hurts, but getting scored off of a FIFA header hurts more. Oh, that is good. That is and whatever good. It, whatever the actual word for word was, it added up to 70 characters, which was the max. Wow. So it was made for him. Wow, okay. That's pretty impressive. So I have to ask, when you say your values are on table percentage and family, is that like in that order or maybe in no particular order? Or should no, we just leave it at that? At a level. Okay, that's valid. That's valid. Yeah. Valid. I was worried you were going to say that family was uh, more important to you than on-table percentage. No, I couldn't really put pathetic. one over the other. Yeah, yeah okay. that would be pathetic. Okay. Disgusting. I, I'm a, someone who values clarity, stability, consistency, all those sorts of things. So. Wow. Man, what a drag it is getting old. Am I right? Am I right? You are a young sophomore at UC Santa Barbara experiencing campus for the first time and I am someone who has been hanging around this town for way too long. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I was wondering if you could just drop another uh, lyric real quick. You were doing so well. Because you said forever, now I drive alone <laughs> past your street. Oh my, wow. Oh, that's an ugly car right there. Oh Is man. Is it the red truck? Yeah, it's a red yeah. F-150 truck. Yeah. License plate one nine nine six <laughs> eight two eight two. I don't know. I guess it got off the hook, but you're lucky this time. Yeah, we're we're tracking you. Though. We're gonna get you. I don't. Who do you think's winning the ugly car contest? Dude, I still think it's gonna be I the think Prius the, cab. Yeah, the Prius cab was pretty gross. Not gonna lie. Don't worry, we still have a long way to go. And by the way, this would be a very perfect time to bring up my favorite part of 101 North. Oh yeah, and what is that? So we are in the Thousand Oaks Camarillo range and when we go down this big hill in about three minutes, okay, we are going to pass back-to-back -back exits. And this is very, very niche content for you Breaking oh Bad fans. But there is a exit that is Lewis Road and then right afterwards is Flynn Road, which uh, oh. for those of you who are familiar with the show, Walt Jr changed his name to Flynn to have a little bit more of his own identity. And I thought having those exits back to back, that had to be intentional. Well, I feel like we should explain the, how that relates to Lewis Road too, right? Well, Lewis is his friend. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. Um, 
Well, while we're on the subject, do you want to talk about some of our favorite exits on the 101 in general? Because um, I'd like to bring up uh, Teague Road. There's a Teague exit. We always say Jeff Teague. Uh, Yerba <laughs> Buena, not to be confused with Yerba Mate. Um, what are the other good ones? I don't know. You I've stole heard. the two that were off the top of my head. I like Cochrane Road on Morgan Hill just because that's a good stopping point, but I don't know if there's anything special about the name. Yeah, so uh, you turned me on to the Marsh exit and slow. Oh, yeah, Randy Marsh. Randy Marsh, yeah. No, I swear, though, there's always, like, just a stretch of, like, I don't know, ten exits where <laughs> we just relate it to something else. Yeah, definitely. Oh, yeah, we're going down the big hill. I'm going to save so much gas right oh, now. Oh, boy. Oh, a nice view, too. Really nice view. A lot of houses, clouds, some smog. Shout out LA. Do you think there's any tiny pink houses? Oh, wow. You were, we're going deep into our bag on the songs. <laughs> yeah. Tell me about your sophomore quarter, though, because I don't really take school seriously anymore. I spend all my time... Uh, working for a radio station with some people who are great and others who aren't. And uh, I want to hear about your life. Oh, wait, 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 sorry. The license plate is 1998... No, 19986G2 is the gross okay. red F-150. And now it has officially been exposed. Um, so my quarter... Um, it's It's been a lot of school, to be honest. Um, I spend a lot of time at the library, so that's fun. Going to class, being a good boy. Um, but also, I might be completely lying, and I'm just saying that because I know my parents are going to be listening to this episode. Why would um, you, like, why would you go and give yourself some doubt? Ugly car! Oh, that's ugly, that's Black fucking Lexus. ugly. Ah. It's about as ugly as the F-150, though. I don't think it's, like, a top-two candidate. Yeah, it's kind of like a vintage, too, so I don't know. I guess yeah. it's cool in a sense. Okay, so, yeah, but why would you go and talk about how you've been a good boy and a good student, which, as far as I'm concerned, is true, and then be like, well, you know, I actually could be lying because I know my parents are going to be listening, so uh, you figure it out. <laughs> yeah, no, that's actually true because I actually have been going to the library, so I don't know why I would uh, out myself like that. Um, but, yeah, it's Ivy's a very uh, cool place in a lot of ways, but it's also very weird, which I'm sure you know, given that it's your fifth year living there. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I. That's fine. You don't have to know. You're still figuring it out yeah. on campus. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Ivy is very, it's a very unique place. There really is nothing like it uh, for better or worse. I think that there's a lot of positive things about Ivy. You can walk to most of your friends' places very quickly. It's really easy to skate or bike anywhere. It's close to campus. Um, it's a really nice sense of community, I think. Uh, I think that if you're my age and you're at a point where you feel really old, and I know people listening to this who are older than 22 are going to be like, Dude, shut the fuck up. You are so young. But it is weird with the whole COVID thing, too. I don't want to get all, like, sad boy on this part of the drive. But <laughs> I think that post-COVID college, not that we're living in a fully post-COVID society, but we at least have in-person classes. We're able to have in-person activities with some small restrictions. I can do a lot of 
covering sports live and not having to make it all virtual. That is a huge game changer in my world, and I'm really thankful for that. Uh, I think the job would be a lot suckier if it was remote. Being in person is, there really is no substitute for it. Just like a lot of the athletes on campus are, they work so hard, they're really good people. One of the things I've noticed, honestly, is that our best players on pretty much every sports team are the ones that are nicest to me, the ones I appreciate the most, and I just respect the crap out of them for how hard they work, and I'm excited to keep covering them. But going back to the sad part of COVID is that people my age uh, who either graduated during COVID or even if you're still a senior now, or I mean, even for you, starting college when it was all remote, it's like there's you can't get any of that back, you know, like. I'm still here and some of my friends are still around, but there's not really any replacing what we got lost. Uh, it was really a year and a half in the thick of college, some key developmental times. And my hope is that when I move more into this next stage of life, that uh, people are a little bit more appreciative of what we do have. For example, getting to go to that concert last night, it's like, think how much we appreciated it in 2019 pre-pandemic. Yeah. Like, whoa, I'm seeing the Rolling Stones for the first time. You never know when you're going to get this opportunity. And I think I might have appreciated it more last night, just knowing that that was something we couldn't do. There were a couple months in the pandemic that felt really dark and just like you were so stuck. Yeah, yeah, wow, totally. Very uh, insightful <laughs> comments, Greg. Um, and I'm going to say something significantly less important or insightful now but I noticed that there's something even crazier about your favorite sequence on the 101 with the Flynn Lewis exit is that directly after that it's actually Carmen Drive which is another character in Breaking Bad uh, the principal of the school that Walt used to work at um, so that is actually uh, three exits in a row with very niche Breaking Bad references. Ah, very good, very good. Look at you, Mr. Attention to Detail. Uh, yeah, so <laughs> clearly I'm the more uh, insightful of the siblings with uh, my noticing of that while Greg was actually uh, talking about real stuff for three minutes. Well, you have to get your humility from somewhere because you certainly didn't get it from your older siblings as we established back on our holiday special a long time ago. Exactly. I think I can name off every single potty trainer though, which yeah, I'm not going to yeah. do right now because A, I know you listening, you don't care. And yeah. B, like we just went back and looked at them like an hour ago. So, you know, it's all good. Uh, Did you see that clip a couple days ago that was like, a reporter asked Aaron Rodgers if he could name every Bears quarterback since he became the starter. And I think there was like 17 or something, like a really high number. And honestly, I was a little disappointed in Aaron for not getting more. He got like the obvious ones like Jay Cutler, well, that's the most uh, important Mitch Trubisky, uh, Nick Foles. Justin Field and he don't he got all the recent ones but he didn't even get like the Mike Glennons of the world honestly I don't even know if I would have got Mike Glennon it's pretty random <laughs> Todd Collins Kyle Orton 
Kyle Orton, Josh McCown. Yeah, yeah, there's some randoms out there. Nice call on Kyle Orton. Well, yep. I did just look at the graphic, in fairness. Probably oh, okay. wouldn't have gotten that. Okay, gotcha. That makes sense. Yeah, it's, uh, I mean, speaking of football, we all talk about Tom Brady and how he wants to go make out with his kids and how it's really weird. Uh, it is really weird. That I'm not saying it's not. <laughs> I'm just saying that uh, other prominent figures in the league may have similar tendencies based on a little snapshot when the Cowboys defeated the New England Patriots in overtime yesterday. Yes, um, <laughs> that was funny. We were at the concert, actually, and you showed me this picture. Or it was actually a tweet, actually, and it was a picture of Jerry Jones, like, kissing his son on the lips, and the caption was like, Jerry Jones is so happy when he wins that he'll make out with his son. Um, and I don't know, maybe the picture was just timed very well, but it looks like a very... Uh, passionate and intimate intimate moment between the two let's just say winning makes people generous I suppose so uh, generous is one way to put it and I just want to say on the record that uh, our dad Michael Silver from the last two episodes um, his response to that was I love you but let's not do that after we win and I just said thanks yeah, yeah. I thought that was that was a pretty valid response. Yeah, totally valid. Totally valid. 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 <laughs> hey, not to, like, be at the point of the drive where we're already going to TikTok. Oh, boy. But I just want to say, uh, Justin, don't even know his full name, but the guy who does all the frat bro imitations, like, POV, you try to let your friend to a party, POV, frat guy ordering at a deli, POV, frat guy speaks about the wealth gap in class. He is so good. He's so he's, fucking good. He's really good. Yeah, part of me makes me wonder what he's really like in person. Because my first instinct is like, okay, well, he's probably just like kind of douchey in real life. Because otherwise, how could he be so good at playing that character? But then when you think about it a little more, it's like, I don't know. If he was really just like your typical frat boy, would he really be making fun of it constantly? You know? I don't know. I don't know what his real personality is like, but I'd love to meet him sometime. I also can't tell if he's, like, 17 or 21. Yeah, I don't know. Or, like, 25, for that matter. He is, he's freaking... The only reason I don't think he's, like, 17 is because he just knows a little bit too much. Yeah. It's, like, a little too accurate. Yeah, yeah, totally. It's amazing, though. But he'll be like, oh, can I get the... Uh, no, no, the best one is when he's, uh, he's talking about... Uh, the vaccine mandate and how he wants to start a petition. He's like, uh, yeah, because, uh, you know, like the, the Delta, <laughs> no, 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 not the airplanes. <laughs> yeah, that's what I thought too. <laughs> yeah, pretty great. Oh my God. Yeah, my boy Justin. Anyway, early shout out goes to Justin for all of his ridiculous content. I was actually, oh, sorry, go ahead. I, was I, cut say, you I, sh- I should delete TikTok is all I was going to say. Yeah, TikTok while you're in school, those uh, definitely do not go well together. Um, but I, yeah, no, I'm glad that you uh, shouted out Justin because I was going to ask. I'm like, I know this is an unscripted episode, but are we still allowed to have shout outs at the end? Well, yeah, we always end with shout outs. Okay, too, okay, sure. good, good, good. I'm not going to do every slap tells a story because I've already thrown in like 12 song lyrics. <laughs> yeah, I think we've pretty much covered that segment 
for the next five episodes. Okay, but actually, can we do an unscripted, overrated, underrated, rated? Yes. Because I think that would be very fun. And I don't really know where to start here, if I'm being honest. Um, let me see. Um... Going to your older siblings' sporting events. Ooh. Was the team good? Like, are they cool? What age? You know, there's just so many variables in this one. Not to get all nitpicky. Well, I just, I feel like we gotta make it broad. Honestly, let's just make it going to your siblings' soccer games. Siblings' soccer games? No, no, wait, fuck. I meant siblings' sporting events. Which could be a soccer game. Which could be a soccer game. I'm going to say rated, which just because there's so much variability. Yeah. Like, when we went to your first ever soccer game and you were, like, six years old, that was fucking awesome. I love that. But yeah. when I go to your games in, like, the 100-degree Davis heat and the other team is a bunch of, like, chippy white boys who are trash-talking and you know that they, like, are going to go put their AirPods in after the game and listen to, like, this is 10% luck, 20% <laughs> skill. You know, like, that. that's a real trigger. So, like... Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm going to say rated just because it could be awesome and it could be terrible. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I guess by making it so broad, it's tough to take a hard stand on it, which is why I'm also going to say rated. Um, because there are some great moments, like, when, I don't know, I, I kind of miss going to sporting events, like, as a spectator, even though in the moment it wasn't always necessarily the most fun thing. Um... But I don't know. I feel like we we would always go to games and then, like, play football on the side. And that was fun. Yeah, we had some good tackle football one-on-one oh, games yeah, for sure. Oh, yeah, in the pouring rain. Okay, I've actually got a question for you. Okay. It's not because I endorse any kind of uh, questionable behavior, yeah. but realistically, I know you're in Isla Vista, and students are very excited to be back, and there's probably been a lot of social gatherings going on. I'm going to take a gander that you may have uh, taken some sips of beverages you might not be allowed to buy for yourself. And I just want to say, what is a overrated and underrated type of alcohol? Ooh, um, that's a good question. Uh, I would say overrated is any kind of flavored New Amsterdam vodka. <laughs> um, people always get super hyped up on the different flavors, like green apple or raspberry or watermelon. Um, I don't know. Personally, I don't think any of them are that good. Um, Do you think Roy Kent would be like, they're all fucking shit? Exactly, right? Like, yeah, it's vodka. It's going to be gross no matter what. Um, but for underrated, I think... I'm gonna have to go with probably mm, Bushlight's always there <laughs> Maybe I don't know. This is really random, but the Budweiser bottle beers, I think I've only had them like one time in my life. Um, but as far as cheap beers go, I would say they were pretty good. I'm actually gonna back you up on that because out of all the types of uh, 30 racks you can get at the old keg and bottle, Budweiser is a little bit more expensive than some of the shitty ones, but 
I would say Budweiser and Miller Lite are in a higher tier than some of the other ones for sure. So, okay, good call there. Uh, I'm gonna say underrated is Champagne because I don't know why, I just I just have a little thing for Champagne. It's like provides for the worst hangovers, but yeah. it's also just fucking awesome. And we've had some great Champagne and Shackles nights where you get a random partner and then you two have to finish a bottle. And I'll never forget the night where we did it for uh, my friend Lindsay's birthday. Miss Lindsay very much. And everyone had like the normal size bottle of champagne. And then me and my dear friend Julia Wang were just sitting there with the giant one. Oh no. And so, uh, yeah, that was a lot of fun. Uh, overrated, so many different kinds of alcohols overrated. If I have to pick one off the top of my head, I'm gonna say Four Logos, and it's not because people think they're good, it's just that people don't respect how fucking bad they are. They're <laughs> terrible. So, I don't know, yeah, Four Logos are the worst. Have you had those, like, new, like, popsicle, like, stuff, you know what I'm talking about, like... It's like Otter Pops, but with alcohol. I know what you're talking about. I haven't. And the reason is if my motive is to get a little buzz on and have some fun, that's a lot of work. And I'm yeah. going to go back to probably the uh, douchiest statement I've ever had in my life. But I was trying to make a point, which is I think virgin pina coladas are awesome. They're okay. great, right? Like we would get those at a very young age. We take little vacations to Hawaii. They're so good. Love them. And then when you try a normal pina colada with the rum, it's overpowering, it sucks, and it's a, it's, frankly, it's a bummer. And yeah. so my point was, and I've never been like a cocktail, like fruity drinks kind of guy. Maybe it's the diabetes in me knowing that like it's harder blood sugar management anyway. But one time trying to make that point, I was like, it's so gross. It feels like a waste. I would rather just get a virgin pina colada and then rip four shots on the side. And I understand once I said it out loud, that was quite possibly the douchiest thing I have <laughs> said and ever will say. But, you know, that's I think that's a fair point, trying to get the point across. Yeah, I, especially because, like you said, we grew up drinking pina coladas, right? So then when you all of a sudden add this other factor, which is the disgusting, strong taste of rum, it just makes it so much worse. And I don't know, maybe if you had never had a virgin pina colada and you're just drinking it as a cocktail, it might taste good, but knowing what it could be makes it so much worse. I don't know, dude. It tasted like gasoline. Yeah, it was really gross. If I would be, like, if I tried one, if I never had a virgin pina colada, and I try a regular pina colada, I'd be like, this is disgusting. Let me try it without this gas in here. And I'd be like, wow, this is amazing. Yeah, I don't know. But my point is, is, like, if you're drinking a cocktail, you're going into it expecting it to taste kind of gross in some sense. So, but then again, yeah, it is, it is really strong. Yeah, and not in a good way. Not Ooh. at all. Not an ugly car, just very unique ahead. We got this giant box. Yeah. Like, what is that? It looks like a I, giant cage. I don't know. Cage. Must be uh, transporting something pretty important. We are going through Ventura currently, and we can finally see the Pacific Ocean again. It's been so long since I've seen the ocean. Guess I should. 
nah, 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 yeah. And there we go. Um, <laughs> what's your favorite channel island? Ooh, favorite channel island. Probably Santa Cruz. I mean, that's the big one, right? The one we can always see yeah. easily. Yeah. I feel like Anna Kappa is just tiny. A couple of the other ones are like way the fuck out there. I've never been to the Channel Islands. I probably should go to the Channel Islands. I've been around here a long time. And there's all the stuff that I could be doing to try to not make it such a stale environment. But sometimes I get busy and stuck in my ways. Do you have a favorite uh, Channel Island? Um, I mean, does Santa Catalina count as a Channel Island? Because if so, it would be that. But oh, that's true. I have a question. How do you get to the Channel Islands other than, of course, if you get really drunk and then go out on a raft on the water and end up there? What are, like, the alternative <laughs> options? I believe you take a ferry. Okay. okay. Uh, yeah, so that might be the worst and least believable <laughs> story I've ever heard in college, which is... Uh, your friend's older brother had said that one of his friends got really drunk, was on a little floaty raft, passed out, and ended up at the Channel Islands. Now, first of all, <laughs> that is fucking ridiculous, okay? Like, that he just happened to fall asleep by himself and end up at the Channel Islands and then naturally just get back somehow. If the Channel Islands were, like, maybe, like, 300 feet away, I still probably wouldn't believe that story. No, I don't and think I would have either. really, really far out. And the funny thing is, when you're standing at the beach at Santa Barbara, you're looking out and you're like, oh yeah, that looks kind of far. And then we went on a hike one time up into the mountains, <laughs> and I said, hey, you see that oil rig? Yeah, that's the one we can see from <laughs> DP. I was like, you see how small that looks? Yeah. I was like, so now I want you to imagine uh, size proportion what a person in a raft would look like and then I want you to see the distance from the oil rig to the beach and then I want you to see the distance from the oil rig to the Channel Island and let's just say that the oil rig to the Channel Islands was probably about 15 times the distance yeah so I think that uh, we can officially say that that story was probably fabricated in some sense, but it would have been really cool if it was true. It was my favorite claim since Trump claimed Michigan for himself on Twitter <sighs> during the election results, which I'm so thankful that I can look back on now and just laugh at what a fucking idiot that guy was instead of like actually have to listen to what he says and fear for everybody's life every day. Yes, exactly. Um, do you have any other uh, topics for overrated, underrated, rated? That's true. Hmm. Overrated, underrated, and rated. Yeah, I've got one for you. Uh, Late night college food, just as a whole. Um, honestly, I would probably say it's rated because... I know that that's, like, it gets talked about a lot, and, like, people always bring up being in college and getting late-night food, and that's part of what's glorified about being young, but I also think that when you do stay up late as a college student and a lot of stuff closes and 
getting hungry towards late of the night and you need to eat before you go to bed, getting some late night foods and eating it feels so good sometimes that I think it's actually worthy of all of the hype. I'm actually going to say a little bit underrated and just for like a slightly different reason. Okay. Which is COVID changed a lot of hours of a lot of businesses, right? Places were closing early and still, even with a lot of things being in person, some places are still closed down. Some haven't reopened. Some are open, but not staying up as late as they were. And working my job now covering a lot of sporting events, I have a really weird eating schedule. Like sometimes I get up super early and go to bed early. And sometimes I am out very late getting work done late. And it's just super variable schedule, which I like. I I am a routine person, but I do like the just going with the flow of sports. I mean, that's why I'm doing it. But just being in slow this last weekend, not a lot of places were open. And I hadn't eaten since like 1.30 that day, and it's 11. And luckily we were able to find a Habit Burger and just chow. And I thought, man, just for the comfort of like, maybe the food itself wasn't the greatest thing ever, but just like the thought of not being able to have anything really sucked. Yeah. And for that reason, just the, the fact that places are open late is what I appreciate about it. Yeah, totally, totally. <laughs> the one thing I'll say, though, is that late night food and IV this year, I feel like has been pretty ridiculous because the lines are just so long if you ever try to go out, particularly at Deja Vu and Rosarito. So it's also good to make sure you have something stocked in your cupboards in case it becomes an emergency. Yeah, definitely. I mean, you are someone who stays up a lot later than I do typically. I try to get it winded down by 11, 11.30 most nights. And for IV, I'd say that's pretty early. Wow. So, yeah. Um, damn. Well, as we make our way towards Santa Barbara, do you want to get working on those shout-outs so we don't run out of time? Yeah, I think it would be a good time for some shout-outs for sure. Uh I'm just going to say them as they come to me. The first shout-out just has to go to Caffeine for making this episode possible. (laughs) I mean, that's just a very obvious one. And I want to give a second shout-out to the Gaucho Locos, who are a student cheer group that come to a lot of soccer games and are very, very rowdy. They have a lot of chants. Uh, Some are appropriate, some are inappropriate. And they're just (laughs) screaming for 90 minutes. They truly don't care what other people think. They don't take funding. It's all for the fun and the love of Santa Barbara. Some of them don't even know a ton about like the sport itself. And I've gotten to know them very well and it's been fun. They've gotten to fire me up in certain ways. I've gotten to uh, give them a lot of education and tips, great people. And if I wasn't doing work at the radio station, I probably would be doing stuff with them. So it's been a lot of fun getting to know them especially in a time when it's challenging trying to make new friends coming out of the pandemic and being a little bit older. But those are some people I'm really glad that I've gotten to meet so far. Wow. Wow. Shout out the Gaucho Locos for me too. Um, Shout outs. um, 
Owen Finney, why not make it three times? Um, oh he deserves it. <laughs> uh, I'd also like to shout out the ocean, uh, not only for uh, providing uh, for a lot of our some good environments for uh, plenty of animals, um, but also just for the nice views and the fun that can be caused by a day at the beach and going in the water. Um, and last but not least, shout out to you, Greg, for <laughs> officially making me the co-host of the podcast. Hey, you know it was a very easy decision to make. <laughs> There's not a lot of people who I think I could clip on a couple mics in the middle of a long car ride and be like, hey, let's record a podcast and actually have it go semi-smooth. I, I guess I haven't listened back to it yet, <laughs> yeah. but I'm feeling, I'm feeling okay about it. I'm feeling okay. Yeah, I, I think, uh, you know, uh, people will at least be able to make it through, like, ten minutes before they're like, all right, I've had enough. <laughs> I do want to give a final shout-out okay. to possibly the best and worst song ever. Just okay. how this podcast idea was the best and worst idea ever. This is the best and worst song, which is Jail by Kanye West <laughs> off of the new album, Donda. And... <laughs> Uh, the reason I say it's the worst song ever is because it sucks, and the reason I say it's the best song ever is because it's hilarious, and once you hear, guess who's going to jail tonight, uh, you can't get that line out of your head. Oh, it's going to be stuck in there forever, and you actually said that it would be amazing to insert that song into a TV show or movie during a really serious scene <laughs> when like, there's some crime or someone's running from the cops. <laughs> And uh, I just couldn't help but just like I, I only think about that now. <laughs> yeah, I know. So any uh, any Hollywood producers listening to this podcast, uh, you can take that idea from me, and I promise I won't come after you later for stealing it. Though if Upper Crust Bakery does end up getting tied in a lawsuit, <laughs> we might have no choice but to try to sue you just to cover our own asses. <laughs> That is also true. <laughs> and that is the perfect tie-in, full circle. Thank you for listening to this unscripted podcast. I know it was a little bit ridiculous and we talked about so many things, but seriously, this weekend was a total rally from Friday and all the prep I started doing. Uh, first, getting told that my trip to slow wouldn't be approved and that I was gonna go anyway, to then it would be approved. Everything that went into that, dealing with the bad Wi-Fi at Alex G. Spano's stadium in slow, waking up early, driving back down to Santa Barbara, making a quick pit stop, picking you up, going to the Burbank airport, then going to LAX territory, and then somehow having enough energy to just rally for that show. And I figured, hey, if those guys are in their 70s and 80s and they can rally like that, guess what? We can too. I may be old, but I'm just IV old. Oh, what a drag it is, getting old. Things are different today. I hear your big brother say that will do it for party train me today.